cast in neon light from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchexis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 2 So, it's kind of a mess Jinx gave an apologetic laugh as she led Lux up to the door of an abandoned warehouse, one of hundreds that stretched up and down this juncture of the canyons of Zaun. You live here? Lux asked weakly. Jinx shrugged. Hey, we can't all live in a giant, shiny manor house, Blondie. Besides, I got plenty of room, running water, and all the power and scrap I need. Lux wasn't entirely sure she wanted to know how Jinx managed to get those kinds of utilities flowing into a place like this, but she was curious all the same. After realizing there was no way they were getting Lux through the doors of the blister dressed like a Demacian spell thief, Jinx had offered to take her back to her place so they could figure out appropriate clubbing outfits. Lux briefly considered asking if Jinx meant the recreational activity or the crime of assault and battery before putting the thought away as she recognized that the answer she would get would most likely be yes. It took the better part of two hours to traverse the chaotic system of tram lines that spiderwebbed around Zahn's various levels, and Lux couldn't help but marvel at how she'd had no idea most of them even existed. It was impossible to tell a tram line from a power line from a zip line in Zahn unless you knew what you were looking for, and the chemical smog meant you couldn't even accurately tell what line was being used or where, even if you were watching the tram move. Jinx, though? She knew where everything was, and it occurred to Lux just how fortunate she was to have a native guide all of a sudden. Even ignoring the fact that she was enjoying Jinx's company, it was fascinating to learn how a born Zaunite got around the place. The biggest difference between Zaun and the rest of Valoran was that Lux had to learn to stop thinking in two dimensions. Everything went up and down as often as side to side in Zaun, even more so than in Piltover. Jinx's home, for instance, clung to the side of a canyon wall that could only be accessed through a tight series of fissures caused by mining stress decades ago, unless the person trying to reach it could fly, scale a thousand-foot sheer cliff, or rappel down from Piltover. At least it was nice and private. Oh, and, uh, one other thing, Jinx said as she put her hand on the surface of the single half-beaten door. You shouldn't come here without me. Jinx pushed the door open and stepped inside, and the moment she did, a series of rapid clicks echoed out after her, and Lux barely had time to frown and open her mouth to voice a question before a series of grenades tumbled down from the ceiling, and that question turned into a scream. Jinx! The name choked out on Lux's lips as Jinx snatched the first explosive out of the air before it even passed her head. Her hand moved so fast that Lux couldn't even keep track of the way her fingers moved. Small metal fastenings and screws tumbled away from the grenade in an instant, and the primer cord was pulled a breath later, leaving it disarmed. Jinx never stopped moving. She was like a circus performer, wheeling her arms and catching the staggered series of grenades as they fell one after the other, each one getting dismantled in the exact same rote motion as the others, leaving their disparate pieces scattered across the filthy entranceway. "'Tuck!' Jinx cackled as she twisted to the side, and Lux hit the floor as the report of a carbine barked, firing around straight through the door. One, two, three, one, two, three, Jinx clapped as she counted the steps of a waltz while more shots barked and spat around her. Jinx stepped through the deadly hail without a hint of fear until she reached the repurposed pintle mount that had been rigged with a complex clockwork mechanism that continuously fired, loaded, and fired single-shot piltoven carbines with jewel movements, only to reach in between the guns with a single finger extended and 
The guns fell silent with a muted click. Off button, Jinx crowed as she stepped back. Lux stared through a faint smog of gun smoke at the smiling maniac that stood with her fists planted triumphantly on her hips next to the deadly contraption she'd apparently set up at her front door. Is that the only way to avoid the booby traps? Lux asked weakly. Well, duh, Jinx replied. Otherwise, someone else might be able to turn it off. There was a certain kind of crazy logic to that answer, Lux reasoned, as she got shakily up onto her knees. Jinx was at her side in a flash, putting a hand out and smiling broadly. Somehow that manic expression of hers both never changed and was always shifting. There was never a moment where Jinx was still, really, not barring that brief episode when they shared Lux's bed, when Jinx was so exhausted she could barely move. Lux took Jinx's hand, gripping tight and pulling herself up to her feet. Come on, Blondie, let me show you around! Jinx turned and began walking down a long hall that looked like it might have been the main access junction at some point. Their path meandered through various mostly empty rooms, with the only signs of life being the various work tables that Jinx had left covered in scattered machine parts. Works in progress, Jinx said, gesturing around the mess, answering Lux's unasked question as they moved deeper into the warehouse. It was freezing, too. Most of Zon's upper levels were bitingly cold unless you were near a thermal vent or one of the factories, and in the latter case, that warmth came at the cost of all manner of chemical runoff and fumes. The former would, too, now Lux came to think of it. Warmth pooled at the lower levels where the heat of thousands of packed-in citizens, humming pieces of technology and living spaces, bled it onto the streets. As they got further into the warehouse, it got warmer, peeking at livingly comfortable, and by the time they approached a surprisingly sturdy-looking wooden door— Jinx pulled out a key from somewhere on her body. Lux had no idea where she kept anything given how little clothing she wore, and fitted it to the lock, turned it, and a series of dull thunks thudded behind the threshold for a moment before the door clicked open. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, Jinx started, curiously subdued as she pulled the door open. Sorry if it's kind of messy. Lux followed Jinx inside the room, bracing herself in case something started shooting at her again. Her jaw dropped slowly as she took in its contents. Everywhere Lux looked, there were signs that Jinx had purpose-made this room for herself. Cables fed down from the ceiling like the roots of an old-growth tree to run along the walls like vines that were kept in place by steel fasteners that had been manually bolted to the walls. Electricity hummed and crackled from the cables as they wove about the place, attaching to capacitors and generators, only for the cables to flow out elsewhere into the warehouse. Tables and counterspaces were set up, bolted, or in some places welded to the walls, and dozens of plushly cushioned chairs were stationed at various points so Jinx could sit down wherever she wanted to work on something. In the middle of the room was a bed, a four-poster model with two of the posters snapped off at the middle, the other two had cracks running along their lengths, and something like a canopy was hung canted from the lopsided corners. And the mattress— Lux wasn't even a hundred percent certain there was a mattress under the massive pile of pillows and blankets that made the bed into something more of a nest than anything. The floor was no cleaner than the countertops, and everywhere there were signs of Jinx being in the process of either taking something apart or putting something together. She spotted parts of firearms, bomb casings, chemical canisters, and more tools than she could even name, all thrown haphazardly around the room. It was so very Jinx. The bathroom's there, Jinx said, pointing towards a small side door that Lux honestly hadn't noticed amidst the apocalyptic mess. Lux nodded, 
Stepping around her as she rolled her neck to try and ease out some of the tension of the past few days, it was only at that point that she noticed what wasn't present and turned to look back at Jinx. The smell, Lux said. Huh? Jinx looked up at her as she was nudging something that looked like an RPG under a nearby table with her foot. The chemicals, I, I can't smell them, Lux clarified. Oh, yeah. Jinx grinned and pointed up toward the ceiling. I had to figure out how to get the filtration system in this place running again after a gas leak from one of the levels above seeped in here. She gestured around to the various faintly humming vents. All the old-school clockwork stuff, none of the prefab hextech circuits that fry out every few years. They just need winding every now and then. Lux nodded, looking around at the crackling networks of cables. It's not much, Blondie, but it's home, Jinx said, and the warmth in her voice was a little surprising. Turning to look back at her, Lux marveled a little at how much more relaxed she seemed. She wasn't exactly calm. That word never seemed to apply to Jinx with anything like grace. There was still a snap and spark of manic energy around her, a tremble under her skin of muscle and sinew pulled taut and ready for action. But here it was less so. She moved a little slower, or maybe she just moved at a more human pace. Here in the comfort of her own home, Jinx could almost be mistaken for normal if you ignored the way her eyes glinted so sharply in the light. Not that Lux wanted to ignore that. She loved Jinx's eyes. So, um, are we going back tonight? Lux asked as she shucked off the hood and mantle of her spell thief's leathers. Nah, Jinx replied. We'll go tomorrow night. Redgrin only leaves the place when he's pulling a job. Nodding, Lux kicked her boots off and left them by the bed before padding over to the bathroom door. The interior was clean. Fastidiously so, in fact. The tiled floors were scrumped down to their natural gray and the sink was scoured clean. The shower was a standing model, although in lieu of one of the fancy shower heads Lux was used to seeing in Piltover, there was something like a spout that came out of the ceiling, which looked suspiciously handmade. Hit the lever on the floor for water! Jinx's voice came from the main room, and Lux looked down. Lever, huh? Lux shed the rest of her clothes, peeling away the disgusting layers that were still soaked in the filth of Zaun, and slipped into the surprisingly spacious standing shower. Inside were a pair of capped bottles. A quick check of them proved to be washing oils, and a bit more token nosing around turned up a bar of simple, scentless soap from a few subtly crafted shelves around hip height. The lever was inside the stall with her, and Lux eyed it carefully for a moment before shrugging, putting her bare heel to the cold metal and pushing down fully. A faint rumble was Lux's only warning as a veritable waterfall poured down from the sluice, drenching her in water that was, while not precisely as hot as she would have liked, warm enough to chase the chill out of her bones. There was just a lot of it. <coughs> How do you— <coughs> Lux sputtered as she flailed for the lever, gripped it, and cranked it halfway back. The water flow slowed to a steadier pace, and as Lux managed to knock the water from her ears, she made out a cackling stream of laughter coming from the doorway. Sticking her lip out in a pout, Lux cracked the stall door and glared out at Jinx, who was trembling with barely contained paroxysms of mirth, her springberry eyes wide with delight as Lux met her gaze. That was mean, Lux grumbled before closing the door and returning to her shower. Hey, you could've asked, Jinx said through a ripple of laughs. You could've asked, Lux mumbled back in a childish pantomime as she scrubbed at her skin with soap, but she was smiling all the same. Honestly, she didn't care, so long as she got to actually wash all the grit and grime and sludge off of her skin and out of her hair, she would endure as many of Jinx's pranks as she had to. 
Besides, Lux had a feeling that pranks were one of Jinx's more normal ways of showing affection. A faint chill crossed Lux's back as the stall door creaked open, and Lux froze for a moment before turning to look over her shoulder. Jinx was naked and already closing the door behind her as she slid into the bathing stall. Her hair was out of her usual braids, hanging down in an arrow-straight cascade of pure blue. That oddly glassy smile was back on her face, too. The one that Lux had learned the morning after Jinx had stayed that night was what Jinx wore when she was at rest or unsure. Her neutral rictus, as Lux had started to think of it. Can I? she asked softly, her hand still lingering on the stall handle. Lux swallowed back a lump as she traced her eyes up and down Lux's lean frame. Here in the starkly lit shower stall, it was impossible not to see every inch of Jinx. All of the scars and burns and the nicks and small gouges in her flesh where parts of her had been lost and never quite healed. The scars were as varied as the stars. Thick knots of tissue from slug rounds were mixed among long, thin slices of pale knife scars. Raised ridges with the telltale ladder-like notches of surgical stitching showed where more grievous wounds had been sealed up. Elsewhere were patches of rough skin from old fire and chemical burns, and among those were smatterings of heterogeneous scars that had no immediately identifiable source. Jinx was lean, lupine, and there wasn't an inch of her body that life hadn't treated poorly. And she was beautiful. So, so beautiful. Always, Lux said shyly, a flush creeping up her cheeks as she sidled over a little to make room for Jinx. Jinx's thin lips curled into a smirk, animating past her neutral rictus as she pulled the stall door closed fully and stepped onto the sluice to begin what Lux imagined was the arduous process of cleaning her hair. They shared the soap between them in silence for a while until Lux turned to start washing her hair and felt Jinx's hands on her shoulders, pressing her arms down gently. Let me, Jinx said with a strange kind of calm to her voice that drew Lux's eyes back to her. Her expression wasn't one that Lux could quantify. It was a smile, but not one that Lux had ever seen before. It wasn't the neutral rictus or the manic two-wide grin. It wasn't the ear-to-ear -ear split either. It was something else, something smaller and more subtle. Jinx's eyes were different, too. There was a softness to them that caught Lux off guard as long fingers worked through gold strands. Jinx wove her fingers through Lux's hair, carefully clearing away grit and dirt and smoothing out any knots or snarls. Once she was done, she scooped up the bottle of washing oils, and Lux stayed still as Jinx began slowly pressing the oils into her hair starting with the longest strands in the back and moving up until her fingers were massaging Lux's scalp. Lux sighed, relaxing back until she was resting against Jinx's narrow chest. This wasn't something she had expected. Explosions, yes, potentially committing a series of crimes that would see her disowned and her family disgraced, certainly. Kisses, hopefully. But this, these gentle, doting touches and careful, almost dutiful motions had come out of nowhere. When she was finally done, Jinx drew back and slipped her hands down to Lux's shoulders, and Lux turned to smile back at her. Thank you, she whispered as Jinx knocked the water sluice lever into the off position. Jinx was silent as she nodded, and the way her eyes were so wide and her lips so thinly pressed together. Jinx, what are you thinking? She pushed the doors open and stepped out, 
scooping up a large, heavy towel and draping it over herself. The motions she went through were mechanical, sweeping water away from her long arms and angular torso and down from her legs. She wrung her hair out with careful, twisting motions, draining the water away, drying it, then wringing and drying again. Bathing, Lux realized, was a chore to Jinx, something that she had clearly decided was necessary, but the way she was acting suggested she took no real pleasure in the simple joys of being clean. If anything, Jinx treated it as nothing more than an irritating human necessity. Luck shivered as she stepped out into the cooler air, and Jinx flicked her gaze over. Another shiver went up Lux's body that had nothing to do with the temperature. There was heat in Jinx's eyes as they roamed slowly up, never lingering anywhere until finally they stopped on Lux's face. That might be one of the most unique things about Jinx, because Lux knew... Objectively, that she was beautiful, she knew because it had been drilled into her that every aspect of her was a weapon, from her magic to her combat skill to her appearance. Now here she was, standing naked in front of a woman she knew was attracted to her, but Jinx always looked her in the eye. Here, Jinx said, holding out the towel. We'll figure out your outfit tomorrow, plus we're going to give you a dye job. Lux grimaced as she put a hand protectively over her hair and asked, Why? "'Because there's not a Zonet alive who's got pure Demacian blonde hair, Blondie,' Jinx replied flatly, pointing at her own electric blue hair. And with ex-mage seekers, plus whatever other defenses the blister had, Lux knew there was no way she could rely on just glamouring her hair a different color. Those were fragile spells to begin with, and Lux wasn't confident she could counteract an anti-spell ward without revealing her own powers in the process. "'All right.' Lux said quietly as she took the towel from Jinx and started drying herself. But tomorrow, Jinx said. Most surprisingly of all was that Jinx apparently had an automatic washer, although the size of it suggested it was more of an industrial model for workers' uniforms. Still, Lux trusted her spell thief gear to endure a little rough treatment. If it fell apart in the wash after dealing with three days of Zolnite effluvia, then it deserved to disintegrate. I've got some spare clothes, Jinx said as they walked back into the small workshop stroke bedroom, while Lux tugged the heavy towel more snugly around herself. Somewhere in here. She scoured the room with a look, her expression growing less and less certain with each moment. Lux muffled a laugh behind her hand before reaching out and twining her fingers with Jinx's and stepping closer. That neutral rictus froze into place on Jinx's face as she turned to look down at Lux, who just kept smiling as she squeezed Jinx's hand, then moved past her towards the bed before letting go and sitting down on the haphazard pile of blankets and pillows. "'We're just going to bed, right?' Lux asked. And Jinx nodded woodenly. "'Why was this so easy?' Normally Lux closed herself away from others. There was always a mask to wear for those people. The mask of the good daughter for her mother and father. The mask of the dutiful sister for her loyal brother. She wore the mask of the obedient servant to her king and the council, and the mask of champion when she stood on the rift to represent Demacia's interests in the League. But in front of Jinx, Lux didn't even know where to start in terms of masks. And that wasn't just refreshing. It was like being able to breathe for the first time in years, really breathe. It was like all her life she'd been forced into a small, confined space, barely able to move one or two limbs at a time and never able to take a full breath, no matter how badly her lungs burned. 
Jinx never made her feel that way. Ah, so that was it. That was why it was so easy for her to curl her legs up on the bed and pat the spot next to her in invitation. That's why Lux could smile so freely in the poison-racked depths of Zaun, but not in her own home. Well? Lux smiled as Jinx made a quiet choking noise that was only partially hidden behind her neutral rictus. The funny thing was that, despite still being naked, Jinx didn't seem bothered by it. She looked so much more nervous about Lux's state of dress than anything else. You sure I, I, I can? Jinx didn't so much stammer as she did judder like a badly tuned piece of machinery, and it got another laugh out of Lux. She really was just so charming like this, without all of the chaos and explosions acting as backing vocals to her existence, and when everything was quiet, Jinx was constantly on the wrong foot and didn't know where to step. But she was trying. For Lux, she was trying. Come here. Lux held out her arms, and if Jinx could have gone stiffer, she would have. And yet, she moved. They were jerky, stilted motions, but they moved Jinx the short distance across the room to the bedside, and within reach of Lux, who took Jinx's hands, and backed up further onto the bed, pulling Jinx with her. Jinx moved like a woman in a trance, as if she were afraid that any sudden movement might break the spell. So she followed Lux, moving on her hands and knees to duck under the bed's half-bent canopy, as Lux laid back against one of the larger piles of pillows and drew Jinx over to her. Swallowing thickly, Jinx reached out, then hesitated. Can I touch? Lux's answer was to put her hand over Jinx's and pulled it down until it was resting on her shoulder. You asked that before, Lux said as she reached out and draped her arms over Lux's shoulders. Oh, yeah. Jinx's voice was a dry rasp as she lowered her head. You might say no. Lux chuckled quietly as she settled her hands behind Jinx's head and pulled her down until the tall, narrow-limbed Zawnite was laying on top of her. She wasn't heavy, but she wasn't as light as Lux expected either. It was the muscle, Lux realized. That dense, whipcord muscle was heavier than it looked. It was one of the things that gave Jinx that sensation that she was floating or had a disconcerting amount of leverage. She looked like a stiff breeze could knock her over, but the truth was that Jinx had a body of thinly corded steel that made it possible for her to wield those heavy weapons of hers with disturbing alacrity. It's cute that you think I'd tell you no, Lux replied finally. Why don't you? Jinx slowly propped herself up on her elbows, so she was looking down at Lux, her springberry eyes wide and star-bright in the dimness of her room. Why do you keep saying yes? Lux didn't answer. She just settled her hands on Jinx's face, brushing her palms across that startlingly pretty, heart-shaped face and tracing the soft contours where her cheeks met the corners of her mouth, then curved up into those lovely lips and she didn't look away. She kept her eyes on Jinx's, watching for the subtle changes and little shifts in Jinx's expression. They were there, Lux realized. She might be the very first person in Jinx's whole life to ever see them, but they were there in the way the pupils dilated ever so slightly and in the stillness of her breath. Without saying a word, 
Lux pulled down and caught Jinx's lips on hers, breathing in the scent of gunpowder and rubble and crude oil. It was the smell of a workshop and the smell of someone who built things that destroyed everything else. It was the smell of a woman with a curse for a name. And Jinx shuddered as Lux hitched her legs up to wrap them around Jinx's waist and gasped silently. As Lux opened her mouth, just enough to encourage Jinx forward, to tell her yes without saying the word. Long fingers, rough and calloused from the constant use of machining and welding tools, slipped down Lux's body, finding the small grooves of her body, the hills and valleys of her stomach and sides, and the hidden muscles of a body forged for a war in the shadows. Pulling back, Jinx breathed in quiet gulps of air as she stared, frozen in place, down at Lux. It took a moment for Lux to realize why Jinx had stopped. The truth was in Jinx's eyes. In the reflection Lux found there of her own face, and of the too wide smile and sharp eyes of Ice Blue. It was an expression that belonged on Jinx, but was being worn by the Damasian who was willingly lying beneath her. It's okay. Lux whispered. Jinx swallowed back against a lump in her throat and lowered her head, then shook it slowly, sending her rivers of blue tumbling in slow motion around her head. Th third date. Jinx swallowed again, then again, then sucked in a breath through her teeth as she pressed her head to the crook of Lux's shoulder. Gotta wait. Lux frowned as she wove her fingers into Jinx's hair and cradled her. She felt almost fragile as she asked, Why? Jinx's trembling subsided as she slipped her arms beneath and around Lux. Gotta do it right, she replied. But why? Lux repeated, narrowing her eyes at Jinx. I said it was okay. For a long moment, Jinx was quiet, and her shoulders bore a silent tremble across them now and again, and Lux felt a sudden wash of guilt in her stomach. Was she the one pushing for too much? It seemed like a paradox. What without Jinx treated literally everything else, but it was possible. No, never mind, Lux said as she relaxed, letting her legs fall away from Jinx before curling up in the blankets beneath the zonite. You don't doing it wrong. The words came out in a mumbled rush. What? If I'm not doing it right, then I'm doing it wrong, Jinx said a little more clearly. And when I do things wrong, they blow up, and I don't want this to blow up. She pulled back and stared straight down at Lux with an intensity that stole the breath straight out of Lux's lungs. Jinx's eyes were wide and burning, with her pupils shrunk to pinpricks as she put two fingers over Lux's kiss-swollen lips. I'm going to keep you, Blondie. Lux smiled under Jinx's touch and pursed her lips, kissing the pads of Jinx's fingers. Okay. Third date. Third date, Jinx repeated finally relaxing. Gotta do it right. She settled in beside Lux, who for once in her life 
couldn't stop smiling, and pulled the covers up over them both as she buried her smile against Jinx's chest. The blankets were old and ratty, and they smelled a little musty. The pillows were the same, and they were nothing like the soft, expensive ones she was used to sleeping on. They were the most comfortable thing Lux had ever slept on. Jinx wrapped her arms around Lux and settled herself in, burying her face against Lux's hair as Lux sighed happily. Hey, Jinx? Mm? I want to keep you, too. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voiceover, or character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.